the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. This is your hour when Orlando Magic's Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome, folks, once again. And first of all, a very Merry Christmas to you. Uh, This is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, and we gather like this right here at 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. Always delighted when you plug in with us. Alan Dempsey does our uh, engineering, does it well. And Andrew Herdliska produces the show. And Andrew has produced Jerusha Clark uh, from Southern California. And we're going to talk about her new book, Every Piece of Me, Shattering Toxic Beliefs and Discovering the Real You. Wow. Jerusha, thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be here this morning, Pat. Thanks. What prompted you to write this book? Why was it important? Well, I think as a woman, there were a number of things that, you know, knocked on the door of my heart um, many times over the course of my life. And, and a lot of the things that did were, you know, the toxic beliefs that show up in the subtitle of the book. And so it was in the process of growing in my Faith, um, trying to understand the journey of sanctification in light of who I am and the struggles of my past to the challenges of my present and bringing all that before Christ that really prompted me to want to attack these um, the toxic thoughts, to take them captive, like Second Corinthians 10.5 says. Well, at the same time, I was preparing to teach a retreat, and the topic was wide open, and anyone that's a teacher knows that it's almost harder to be given a blank page. Um, and as I was researching what to, um, what to teach on for the retreat, it really impressed upon me that if Jesus is the great I am, which he says seven times in the book of John, I am, and then follows it with a specific metaphor. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. If he is the great I am, then he tells me who I am. The great I am tells me who I am. And so it became this journey that I went on for a year studying these seven I am statements of Jesus, studying the phrase I am in the Old Testament and finding out what the great I am looked like before Jesus came here to earth and then bringing all of that in um, to, you know, the thought life of the everyday battle that we have with our thoughts. And so it was um, quite the journey, a year of of exciting study in the scriptures and also trying to immerse myself in the thinking of um, those that have gone before me. So it was, I know, a long answer to your question, but that was the journey that I took. Uh, Jerusha Clark is our guest. You open your book, uh, Chapter 1, Since You Are Precious and Honored. Uh, what do you write there? What's the, What's that about? Yeah, so in order to find out why Jesus would use that phrase, um, I am, and the the magnitude of that was actually, you know, um, far greater than than I even understood prior to studying this. In order to do that, I went back to Isaiah 43, and those three words, precious, uh, those two words, since you're precious and honored, come directly from Isaiah 43, 4, um, a verse that talks about our identity in God. You are precious and honored and beloved, that verse says. And so in that first chapter, I really lay out what um, God is the great I am in the Old Testament, what he reveals himself to be and who he reveals us to be. And so that first chapter really revolves around our identity. He uses powerful Hebrew words, especially those words precious and honored. Precious is the Hebrew word yakar, which means like costly, valuable, preferred, um, and honored means weighty with glory. And it's actually a word that God often uses to describe himself, and he gives us that identity as well. It's really um, rich and powerful when you study it in the Hebrew to see these these terms that God uses, whereas, I don't know, Pat, how your mind works, but, you know, a lot of times in my mind, things like, oh, that was so stupid, or, 
you know, what an idiot, I shouldn't have done this, or, you know, those things will come into our mind at different times. I hear my daughters say them, you know, my husband has, has vocalized things in a very male way, you know, but instead for our minds to be filled with the truth and the words that God uses about us, we are called, we are chosen, we are precious, honored. That's what that whole first chapter is about, going back to Isaiah 43, who is the great I am before Jesus comes to earth. Jerusha Clark is the author or co-author of a number of books on spiritual growth, <clears throat> women's issues, marriage, and mental health. Uh, she uh, teaches at churches, retreats, schools, and conferences. She's joining us from her home near San Diego. Uh, second topic uh, that we want to get into here, <clears throat> Jerusha, it's called, Do You Want to Be Well? Question mark. <laughs> Yeah, I, I suppose for listeners, they're like, okay, what is that chapter about? It, it's a specific quote from from our Lord Jesus when he was here on earth. He often asked people questions. He didn't just make you know statements all the time. Sometimes he asked questions, and he turns to a man who has been paralyzed for 38 years and asks him this astonishing question, do you want to be well? And you think, oh my goodness, the guy has been paralyzed for almost 40 years. Of course he wants to be well. And yet, the guy doesn't answer immediately with, yes, Lord, I want to be well. Instead, he goes into this whole explanation about why he hasn't been well. And I think it's such a vivid picture of where we're often at in our spiritual walk. God asks us, do we want to be well? And he extends us the invitation to live into our identity as honored and valued and cherished and precious. And instead of saying, yes, I want to be well, I want to be whole, I want to be changed— we go into this long explanation about what's holding us back. And so that chapter is really about the obstacles, the things that hold us back from entering into the freedom that Christ died to give us, the freedom from these toxic beliefs that want to strangle us. Um, and so the, that whole chapter really is about those clearing away the obstacles, because I'm teaching my 16-year-old how to drive right now, and I mean, heaven knows that she can't drive if there's boulders strewn across the road. You know, if there's obstacles in the road, you've got to get those out before you have a smooth path in front of you. And that's really what that chapter is about, clearing away the obstacles that keep us from living the life we crave and the life that Jesus died to give us. From fear to freedom, uh, what's that about? Yeah, well, so chapter 3 um, starts in with the seven I am statements of Jesus. That's where the, the first I am statement comes in. And it's, you know, I think for both men and women, um, worry, uh, fear, and anxiety are, you know, a terrible uh, trio that that often plague us. And Jesus specifically addresses this, um, you know, this struggle with his statement about the life that is everlasting. He says to Mary and Martha after their brother Lazarus has died, I am the resurrection and the life. And we don't often think of our eternal life having started the moment that we accept Jesus into our hearts, but that is the truth. Our eternal life starts at that very moment. I mean, we've already had an eternal life prior, but the eternity that will continue with Christ. And so this movement from fear to freedom is really living into the resurrection life that Jesus is describing in John 11 to Mary and Martha. It's like, I don't want to give everything away to the listeners. I have to buy the book, I guess. I give a little teaser there. But that is really where From Fear to Freedom comes, is this idea of moving from the life of, you know, the constant life of worry and stress that brings death into our life, into the freedom of a resurrected life that Jesus described. When he said that those who believe in him shall not die, but shall live, that doesn't just mean at the end of our life. It means that our life here and now has changed. Our life here on earth is an eternal life that will continue on when Jesus resurrects us. So it's capturing that freedom that we will enjoy in fullness and heaven, capturing those moments here on earth to the glory of God. Our guest is Jerusha Clark. Every piece of me is the name of the book. Uh, before the break here, Jerusha, you're always in. Uh, that's your fourth topic. Yeah. Uh, give us give us an insight here. Yeah, well, Jesus calls himself the gate or the door, depending on the translation of John 10. Um, in this greater parable about Jesus being the good shepherd, he talks about being the door or the gate. And the idea here is that 
with Christ, we are always in. We're not on the outs. We're not excluded. We're not placed on, you know, the the waiting um, in the waiting line or on the bench, um, if you want a sports metaphor. Instead, you are constantly, always, eternally in with God. And because of that, you don't have to strive for inness with the latest circle of people that you're trying to impress or. Um, even feeling in with family. Sometimes during the holiday season, it can be so excruciating to try to even fit in with your own family. But knowing that you are completely in with Christ makes all the difference in your identity because you don't have to strive any longer. My guest is Jerusha Clark from San Diego area. We're back for more. Talking about her book, Every Piece of Me. This is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. 94.9 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back tax to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Give the gift of a private Christian education when you visit our Amazing Radio Deals Christmas Gift Headquarters. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com and check out the schools that we're offering at half price. Like the Geneva School in Winter Park, HCLA in Sanford, St. Luke's Lutheran in Oviedo, St. Barnabas in DeLand, and introducing the Regency Christian Academy on South OBT with half price tuition now available. No games, no gimmicks, but a great Christmas gift. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com for the details. Give the gift of education from your Amazing Radio Deals Christmas Gift Headquarters. AmazingRadioDeals.com I've grown in my faith, learned so much about being a mom of multiple toddlers and teenagers. As a young wife and mother, Betsy knew where to turn for help with her family. And now, 40 years later, focused on the family, still ministering to me as a senior, a retiree, a wife, and a grandmother. I'm Jim Daly. Help us give the gift of family today, and your donation will be doubled. Call 800-A-FAMILY. Go to the wordorlando.com and type in keyword family. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. We're chatting with Jerusha Clark about her new book, Every Piece of Me. Uh, Baker Books uh, put the book out, and we have arrived, Jerusha, satisfying your true hunger. Uh, fill us in. Considering that this uh, program is going to air right around Christmas, um, how much people are thinking about food and parties and stuff. Satisfying your true hunger is about Jesus' statement, I am the bread of life. And what does it mean to be truly satisfied? Um, you know, the people that Jesus was speaking those words to basically wanted him to put the bread of heaven on auto pay, like just always, you know, have food to fill their bellies. But Jesus was calling us to a deeper satisfaction. And so the specific application of those chapters is how do we, how do we live in these bodies of ours that constantly need to be filled with food in order to just function? How do we live being satisfied for something greater? How do we um, accept the limited state of our physical being? um, But, always be looking for the greater satisfaction that comes from Christ. It's a specific challenge in this book for women because women are so often at odds with their own bodies. They hate this or that, you know, even if it's not about weight, you know, they dislike, you know, the way that their eyes crinkle or they have too many wrinkles or this. Um, All of these challenges of body image are addressed in this chapter, um, always taking into consideration what Christ meant when he said he is the bread of life. I am the bread of life. 
Now I want you to talk about uh, this interesting topic. I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, we we got to talk about sin if we're going to really talk about growing in our faith. You know, it's interesting, the more that um, we grow in the Lord, the more that we realize that the dark doesn't have to frighten us. Even the dark that's within us, Christ knows and He redeems. So we don't have to be afraid to look inside. You know, for so long, Pat, I was so concerned about what I would find if I unco- you know, covered those corners of my mind and, and let God shine His light into them. But instead, there's so much freedom that comes from embracing Jesus' I am statement, I am the light of the world, because light expels darkness, light scatters the darkness, light, you know, um, light heals, light redeems. There's so many, I talk a lot about the properties of light in that chapter and how sin is expelled from our life as Jesus, the light of the world, shines his truth on us. That's what that chapter is about. Let's move to uh, this interesting topic. Uh, The next one is called the unforced rhythms of grace. You're going to have to explain that. Yeah, I absolutely love a particular translation of John, um, of, I'm sorry, Matthew 11, um, that talks about the bear, you know Jesus bearing our burdens and giving us the um, the easy burden and the light yoke. Well, this translation uses the phrase that um, learn to live in the unforced rhythms of grace. And I just loved the sound of that. I, lo- I was drawn to that. I wanted that in my life. I wanted to live an unforced life. So I'm a very high energy, um, you know, get her done kind of person. And, and rest is not the easiest for me because it feels very unproductive and boring. And so trying to understand um Jesus's statements as the good shepherd calling us to lie down by still waters as he does in Psalm 23, um, telling us to find rest as he does in, in that chapter in Matthew from which the phrase unforced rhythms of grace come. Trying to understand that and to learn to practice Sabbath has been a tremendous challenge in my own life. And my, but what I've discovered is that in that I have become more me, not less me by resting. I've become more able to do the things that I'm called to do. Now it means that I do less of the things that don't matter, but it's been such a crazy journey to learn that the unforced rhythms of grace are far, they far surpass, um, you know, what all of my energy could muster up. Um, Jesus's call to follow him when he says, I am the good shepherd is for good reason. Um, a challenging one, you know, we don't know that much about sheep. Um, but I, I, give some, you know, different um, information in that chapter about about the radical way that God is calling us to live when he says to live as the sheep of his pasture and, and the flock of his hand. So that's what that chapter is about. Right in the middle of your book, Jerisha, uh, you uh, take a little break, Selah. Yeah. yeah Intro- the... Introducing the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, why do we need a little break here? Yeah, Selah is the word in the Psalms that's used for a pause, just a moment to catch your breath. It's kind of a meditative, you know, um, moment. And so the reason that's in the book is because each of the other I am statements that, you know, we've talked about the various chapters, they have their own chapter. But this particular I am statement, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which comes directly from John 14, is so rich that it really needed three chapters to talk about Jesus as I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. So the Selah is the break before that to explain, um, give context for that scripturally, and then to launch into those next three chapters, which then are just a portion of that I am statement of Jesus, rather than taking the whole as one chapter, which would have been quite a long chapter. <laughs> Jerusha Clark is our guest, and we're talking about her book, Every Piece of Me, Making Good Decisions in a Choice crazy world. Yeah. How, how do we Jesus, do that? Yeah, Jesus says, I am the way, and so we find our way in him as the way. So, you know, I don't know about you, but one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy about GPS is when they say something like, you know, make your way to the route or proceed to the route. I'm like, if I knew where I was going, I would go there. You know, obviously I would only use my GPS if I need to, to get somewhere that is unknown. And 
And Jesus doesn't ever say that to us. He doesn't say, okay, find your way first and then get on my path. He is the way. And so that whole chapter is about discernment, Um, finding the way to make all of the decisions that we have to make from the huge ones to the small ones in Jesus as our way. So discernment is a really fancy Christian word that basically just means wise decision-making. And that's what that chapter is about. We are constantly having to make decisions, just what to click to next. That's a decision that so many of us make on autopilot. Um, but but we apply the truth of um, discernment, and, and we remember Jesus as the way, and we do that to the glory and honor of God, rather than just going on autopilot with our choices. Discovering and loving the real you. Uh, what do you write here, Jerusha? Yeah, so this is about Jesus saying, I am the truth. And in our in our very carefully curated social media friendly world, we don't often see the truth of who one another are. We we are um, presenting constantly an image, um, a projection of who we are. And so this chapter is a chapter that challenges um, people to to kind of take off the mask. Um, you know, some years ago, it's it's fallen out of of popularity a little bit, but some years ago, the big buzzword was authenticity. But it was odd because people were so fixated on being authentic, but then they became inauthentic because they were trying so hard to be authentic. And so this chapter is really about what does it mean to be true? What does, if Jesus is the truth and he's calling us to be true with our lives, what does that mean? That's hard. That's a challenge. And so I talk a lot about um, what true integrity and authenticity mean in light of Jesus making that statement, I am the truth. I want you to <clears throat> talk about your 10th topic, giving your life so that others might live. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says, I am the life, and then he lays down his life. And what a radical thing that he did for us. To, he is the life, and yet he chose to willingly lay that down. So that chapter is about, um, and it's, it's, it is specific to women in that chapter, about laying down our lives for others. Um, that is in marriage, um, in our sexuality, um, in our uh, raising of children. Um, it's a real challenge to know how to be a life giver in a world that is so fixated on selfish desires. Our world is constantly telling us, you know, to, to look out for number one. And so that chapter in, uh, in, in light of Jesus saying, I am the life, and then laying down his own life is a call to us to be like him in laying down our lives to love others. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to chapter 11. <laughs> the final chapter. <laughs> so much more to life than this. So what do you, Jesus, t- um, what do you tell us? The, you know, the statement, I am, um, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And in one translation, it says, I am the true vine. And so he talks about this idea that there are other ways that you can be fulfilled in life, other sustaining things. He is the true vine, the true source of, of nourishment and, and life. And our life is most fulfilled when we're bearing fruit in him. But what happens is that we are often, you know, so convinced that we need to bear fruit in a particular way, or maybe we want to to do that in a certain way, that our life becomes confused. We're not living in that true vine anymore. So this chapter, there has to be something more to life than this. There's got to be something more to life than this, is, is meeting this hunger that we feel as humans, that there is something beyond, even what I'm knowing or or understanding right now so it's a, it's a call to go um higher up and further in for those that are narnia fans it's a it's a, a call to be nourished and and fulfilled and bearing fruit in jesus as the true vine so that rounds out the the seven um i am statements that jesus makes in the book of john you know each of the chapters of the book deals with a particular one in turn then applies it to our daily life so that we're not just hearing these metaphors and, and dismissing them as, oh, that's nice, Jesus says he's a shepherd. Oh, how sweet. But really taking that and, and what does that mean in our life day by day? Does it mean that he's the light or that he's the vine? 
Um, the chapters also close with some questions that you can either use for your own personal reflection or you can use in a group. And then there are some recommended resources as well. If there's a particular area, like for instance, if worry is something that you struggle with, there's some recommended resources um, in that chapter. Um, you know, if if you want to grow in sanctification and, and get away from the dark parts of yourself that, you know, you're um, are shining Christ light on, then there's recommended resources in that chapter. Each of the chapters has, you know, some additional ways to grow and to move forward and, and a specific practice, um, whether it's a form of a prayer or a type of um, spiritual discipline, there's also that in each chapter to help you really put feet to this, not just to make it another book that you read and stick on the shelf, but something that you work out into your daily life. Uh, Jerusha Clark is our guest, her book, Every Piece of Me. Jerusha, you, you wrap up your book with a benediction. Uh, what's in the benediction? Yeah, just a desire. A benediction is a prayer of blessing and closing, and I really wanted the book to to just be a reminder that this life that Christ died to give us is one that we desire. It's one that we long for. You know, sometimes we feel like we got to work so hard at everything in life that we miss the fact that there's such joy and such freedom and, and life to the limit in following God. And so the benediction is just kind of a call like to move forward in that and to relish the, who we are in Christ. The great I am tells me who I am and tells each of us who we are. And that is, it's a wonderful journey to go with him on that um, adventure. Jerusha, what do you want our listeners to take from our conversation? Well, I truly hope that people will look at Jesus's words as, as something that is meaningful for their lives day by day. I, I think it's so easy to read the scriptures um, and to just kind of take it in rather than to really digest it and to live it out into our daily life. So my hope and desire would be that in looking at these statements of, of Jesus and looking at God as the great I am in the Old Testament, that that people would would long for a deeper relationship with Christ um, and grow in, in His words really look at them and, and lean into them. That would be my heart. And that's why I wrote the book, Pat, to be perfectly honest, I wrote it because I needed it. I wanted to grow in these areas. And so it just sort of turned out to be a book on its own. <laughs> Jerusha Clark has been our guest, author of Every Piece of Me. We've got more after this. <clears throat> so stay with us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Hi, everyone. Pete Pacacci, morning host here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. And our Merry Mission Christmas is underway here in Orlando with the 12 Days of Christmas Radiothon to benefit the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. Whether it's a loss of work, unstoppable medical bills, a foreclosure, or eviction, some Central Floridians find themselves homeless, men, women, families, and not by choice. So our mission is to feed, temporarily house, and give the homeless a hand up, and we need your help. Your gift of just $45 will feed a homeless person three meals a day for the 12 Days of Christmas. That's just $3 and 75 cents per day. Only $179 will feed a family of four, and that's less than $6 a day. Make your donation in the name of your children or grandchildren. Make a difference right here, right now. And make it a merry mission Christmas. Help the homeless with the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. Call now, 888-234-8800. That's 888-234-8800. Go to MerryMissionChristmas.com. That's MerryMissionChristmas.com. Or if you'd like, you can text O-U-R-M to 41444. And guess what? Now you can visit Thompson Jewelers in Orlando and St. Cloud before December 17th and tell them you listen to the word and Thompson Jewelers will donate 10% of your purchase to the Merry Mission Christmas Radiothon. Wow, that's incredible. Make it a Merry Mission Christmas this year. Big savings on prescriptions, real personal service, free delivery. Get out of the big box pharmacies and get into the pharmacy store. Here's what your neighbors are saying about the pharmacy store in Apopka. The pharmacy store in Apopka is seriously amazing. I still can't believe I saved more than 60 bucks on one prescription over what I was paying at CVS. 
Big savings on prescriptions, real personal service, free delivery. The pharmacy store is really different. We've been going there for a year. Customer service is top notch. We're done with Wal and CB. The pharmacy store. Big savings on prescriptions, real personal service, free delivery. At the pharmacy store, I never have to wait for more than 10 minutes for my prescription. And when I can't make it, they have free delivery. Get out of the big box pharmacies and get into the pharmacy store. Call now to switch your prescriptions and save at the pharmacy store. 407-703-5951. 407-703-5951. Get out of the big box pharmacies and get into the pharmacy store in Apopka. Get into the pharmacy store in Apopka. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Jerusha Clark, our guest in that first half hour, talking about her book, Every Piece of Me. Uh, Candace Payne, uh, author of Laugh It Up, Embrace Freedom, Experience Defiant Joy. And uh, Candace is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and she's, uh, she's on with us. Uh, Candace, welcome. I'm I'm glad we can hook up here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be your guest today. Well, the name of your book is Laugh It Up, and uh, you're going to have to give us the background here. What's the story? What's going on? Well, I had a little bit of a viral video happen in May of 2016 revolving around a Star Wars Chewbacca mask, and uh, you may have seen the lady laughing in her car hysterically for three minutes out of a four-minute video. And um, with that came a lot of opportunities to begin to uh, have platform and maybe a voice on a much needed topic that this world is lacking, which is joy. Uh, And especially in in some moments where we've been needing some levity. Uh, It has afforded me the opportunity to be able to write a book and really talk about uh, how to maintain a positive lifestyle and attitude no matter where you're at in life or no matter what life throws at you. So the title of the book, Laugh It Up, is actually um, a little nod to Star Wars because there's a famous line that Han Solo says to Chewbacca, and he says, laugh it up, fuzzball. So that's where the title came from. You open the book uh, with this topic, finding the happy and homeless. Yes. Uh, you're going to have to fill us in on that. <laughs> well, um, you would think this one-dimensional lady that you're watching on the Internet a stay-at-home mom, she just kind of was born that way. Maybe she's just happy all the time like that and hasn't really lived a a life with any kind of obstacle or had a silver spoon in her mouth. And um, I really wanted people to know that I'm just like you in many, many ways uh, and that my pursuit of joy has been just that. It has been a, it's been a pursuit. And not only that, it's been defying the circumstances that I've been in. When I was nine, I was homeless with my family in transition from one state to another moving. And we found ourselves staying more often at an RV spot in a van uh, and taking coin showers. And for the first time that I really discovered what joy was beyond getting a great gift for my birthday or Christmas or, or an embrace from somebody I love. I remember that season being the most lean season in my life and yet the most joyful in the adventure that I was having with my family as well. Uh, let's move on to uh, topic number two. Don't quit your daydream, you tell us. Yeah. I try to encourage people that um, there are things that are within them that are maybe walking daydreams that they have, things that they've wanted to do for most of their life, or they've felt this desire and calling to jump into and never really took the risk. And sometimes I wonder if maybe we're lacking a little bit of joy in our everyday because we're not risking enough. Uh, We're not going after the things that really stir up passion within us. And I felt like that was a huge place to start the conversation of maybe the reason you're not as joyful as you think is because you've let go of some things you didn't need to. Uh, Let's um, discuss another topic. Uh Uh-oh, Joy has a frenemy. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's it's such a cute little title for... uh, a little chapter, but seriously, the, the thing that I discovered that stole my joy quicker than anything else was comparison. And, you know, comparison disguises itself as a friend. It looks like it's got something positive for us right around the corner. It, it's helping us gauge where we are in life. Comparison lets us know, are we doing good on the measure of everybody else around us? Are we doing enough, you know? 
Um, but the reality is, is, is com- comparison also steals our joy. It is a thief of our joy. And for the first time when I was in college that I really began to compare my talent, my, gosh, my physical beauty or lack thereof in comparison to the other girls around me, it really spiraled out of control so quickly that I found myself suicidal um, and trying to even take my life one night. Mm. Um, and so I just wanted to shed this light on the subject that I think we, we overlook. Uh, if there's something that's ever out there to steal your joy, it is comparison. Most of the time, uh, contentment leads to joy and is a cousin of joy, if you will, that we forget to embrace. My guest is Candace Payne. Uh, her book is called Laugh It Up. Candace, uh, when God plays matchmaker, uh, what happens? Well, what happens is if you show up to church events hoping that a whole group of young people are going to be there and there's only one guy for like six or seven in a row. Um, everybody else had backed out in my church uh, young adult ministry when we would set up things to meet. And I ended up finding my husband in that moment. We spent about 10 events together just as the sole two people that showed up and got to know each other. Otherwise, probably we wouldn't have. We were not the kind of people that were drawn to each other at first sight. You know, it was not love at first sight, and we joke about that all the time. We are everything opposite of each other. But yet, it is exactly what I needed. Um, I, I speak about this because sometimes, Um, God is putting people in places in your life that maybe you, uh, you wouldn't naturally go there or you wouldn't want for yourself, but they offer you the greatest joy and you just got to look up and embrace that. You know, I think happenstance is actually magical sometimes. (laughs) Like it's, it's what's supposed to come your way. And, um, Finding joy in the middle of that, maybe the things that have let you down are maybe the things that are actually supposed to be there to offer you the greatest joys of your life. And I would say all of those moments that were not chosen by me to spend that quality time with my now husband of almost 16 years has been the result of the greatest joy that I know by him. Candace, talk to us about saying never, meaning always. Well... In this chapter, I really discuss about the troubles that I think most people have in marriage. Um, Listen, when you get married, I am a firm believer that testosterone and estrogen are not meant to live peacefully in the same spot. Um, they, They are quite opposite, and marriage is a struggle. And you know what? I had spent most of my marriage making a list of nevers. I would say I would never you know, hold things against my husband. I would never um, go to bed angry. I would never do these things, and and I'm never going to X, Y, or Z. And one day I had this epiphany in the most critical moment where I was about to walk out the door and leave my marriage altogether. And it's like I was able to see clearly, instead of saying never, maybe I should be saying always. It gave me power that I didn't have before. So instead of saying I will never go to bed angry, um, this big long list, I changed it to, I will always champion to end the day happy with my husband. I will always find a way to forgive. I will always look for the best in him. Um, And because of that, that really changed the whole atmosphere of our home and it restored joy to our marriage. As a matter of fact, Candace, um, explain from what if to why not? What's that mean? Oh, this is probably one of my favorite chapters because um, I had, I I talk about my pregnancies with my children. I had two very different expectations when I found that I was pregnant. With my daughter, we were so excited because, you know, we were trying to have a child and we found out we were pregnant and I was writing poetry about this child. I'm so happy to be pregnant and be a new mama. And then um, quickly into my pregnancy, I found out I was very high risk. And not only that, I was taking so many injections in my stomach every day of insulin because I had gestational diabetes. And and really, my body couldn't handle the pregnancy. Um, As soon as I had my daughter, I went through postpartum depression, walking through that, um, trying to figure out how to gain clarity back in my thoughts and have my whole body regulate itself again. And once it did, guess what? 
I found out I'm pregnant again, (laughs) only four months after having a child. And I had to do it all over. And quickly, my first pregnancy, that was so hopeful. My second one, I found myself really having nightmares of literally giving birth to death, like having a stillborn child and not being able to survive the pregnancy, nor my child. And I talk about this season in my life because I want people to know that it is possible to begin to hope where you feel like you may not necessarily have hope. You may be in hopeless circumstances, but that doesn't mean that you have to be hopeless in your heart. And I really feel like joy always calls us to go past um, the fears of what could happen or what may happen and embrace really the possibility of great things happening. Um, Now knowing my son and making that pregnancy successful and doing everything that the doctors had asked me to do, um, he's going to be surprised to know one day when he's a little bit older that there was such a disconnect. And I want people to learn from that, that really hope is what leads you to joy. It is the secret sauce to joy. My guest is Candace Payne. We're talking about Laugh It Up. Backstage, center stage, or whatever, or what, what's up, or whatever. Uh, fill us in. Um, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but I expand on it more in this chapter, really about how joy is, is fully grown when it's content. You know, I had some incredible things happen through the month and a couple of months even following the Chewbacca Mom video. Um, I found myself on the red carpet at the CMA Awards. I found myself uh, many times at a movie premiere um, and, and, you know, walking the same road as a celebrity and standing before cameras. But then I would come home and I would have to clean up dog throw up out of the crate. You know, I'd have to do the toilets and, and go back to stay-at-home mom duties and, I really found that joy is, is not circumstantial to where you are on the on the popular gauge or on the fame gauge or on the stage or whether you're forefront or back front. I mean, it is it is really about being content throughout your entire life, no matter where you are, that you find the greatest joy. My guest is Candace Payne. Candace, let's talk about quit shooting yourself. Yeah, you got to say that one a little bit slowly. <laughs> it could get you in trouble. Um, I, you know, there is this word that I think is a little bit of a cuss word, and it is should. Um, as mamas especially, we tell ourselves all day long things that we should be doing, or we allow other mamas or other family members and friends tell us what we should or shouldn't be doing with our lives. And the reality is, is there's nothing more that I could think of that is such a detour off the path and journey to really discovering joy than listening to that voice and feeling the weight of trying to be enough for everybody else, but really what you're supposed to do and what you're made to do. And when I say supposed to do, it's not this this should that I'm talking about. It's the things that you know internally you're good at, you're passionate about. That when you do it, others clear out of the way because you do it the best in the room. Those are what the world are waiting on. We're waiting for you to find out who you are and do something with passion and quit trying to be just like the person next to you or fulfill this long list of line of items that you really, you're not intended to do. You're not the best at, and it's okay. It's okay. Do what you're good at. Stay in your lane, and you're going to find joy there. Now I want you to discuss a boy, his joy, and Buzz Lightyear. Well, I cannot give too much away from this chapter because I feel like this is a spoiler. Um, In this chapter, and this is one that when I've had people read the book, they say this is their favorite one. Um, Shortly after becoming um, a viral sensation, Disney um, Parks invited my family to come shoot a commercial for their blog website. And while we were there, um, there's this magical story of how I discovered joy, even most deep sorrow as well. And so I don't want to spoil it because I really think it is a beautiful way that God weaves and writes our stories better than we ever could ourselves. Now, when you mentioned Disney, was that Disney California or Disney Orlando? That was Disney Orlando. How about that? So you 
So you came to our neck of the woods, just slipped in and out. Good for you. I did. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. We love to have visitors from all over the place. So congrats. Candace Payne is with us. We've got one more segment with Candace, and I uh, want you to stay with us. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the 10th topic. It's called Later Hater. Uh, this is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. In Orlando, Florida. We're back right after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So, if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is Michael David from Seattle. I'm 51 years old, and six months ago, I started taking Andro 400 to increase my testosterone. Since then, I've lost 35 pounds of fat, and my waist went from size 38 to size 32. I have more energy, and I look and feel 20 years younger. And now my wife tells me I have to take Andro 400. Hi, this is Ron Johnson from Utah. After 10 weeks of taking Andro 400, I lost 13 pounds, and my waist went from 36 to 33. That was eight years ago. I continued to take Andro 400, and and I've maintained my weight at 172, gained muscle and energy. I'm 63 now and feel better than I have in 30 years. Andro 400, the natural way to increase testosterone, lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great. Try Andro 400, the safe, effective, affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435. You're listening to The Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Candace Payne is with us from uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Her book is called Laugh It Up. As advertised, Candace, uh, later hater means what? Well, it honestly um, attacks the voices that are negative that really try to squash your joy. You know, um, I've definitely learned the privacy settings a little bit different on Facebook than I did when I posted that original Chewbacca mom video. You know, I was only posting for my mom friends that may be waiting in a car pickup line to get their own kids from school. Um, And I quickly discovered that when you have a lot of people and a lot of volume of people that don't know you other than just one dimension, they try to have a voice that is not so kind. And I realized this is not just me, or it's not a woman that gets more of a platform and she's going to experience this. But I realized once this was happening with some voices that were um, barking a little bit loudly, I thought, how many people, they just allow hate to live on the front porch of their lives, and they, they tolerate this, because I realized I just don't have any tolerance for it. And I feel like um, people need a way to discover what voices are important and carry weight in your life to be able to offer you joy or change. Listen, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a yes man around me. I really love the people in my life that have earned the space to speak into it with truth because they know my heart and they know me better than anybody else. I love when they come to me and say, hey, you need to reevaluate this. This may not be the best choice, or you may not be doing exactly what you think that you are. Um, But for those that have no clue who I am and don't hold that same kind of weight in the conversations that we have, I think it's okay to just say, hey, I can block that from my life. I can, I can say that that is not worthy of taking up space in my head and my heart or developing a way that I speak to myself because of it. And when I'm tackling this idea of actually having a life full of joy, 
That's important to do. It's important to realize what voices carry weight when they offer you criticism and when they, they offer you a chance to change. Um, does it have to be somebody that um, you don't know that is speaking hateful words that that's going to stick in your mind more than anything? And they, no, it needs to be those that love you and that have your best at heart when they come to you and speak. And I just feel like that is such a great lesson, especially in this generation that we've got with cyberbullying, with um, all these things that we're learning and discovering about how people just feel so mortified when somebody says the most hateful thing. And listen, there's no accountability to that. There's no accountability to social media right now. But there is accountability in the way that we receive the words that people say. And so if you're ever going to know what joy really is, you have to know how to say later to the haters. I uh, want you to explain uh, the benediction or the epilogue uh, to your book. Uh, it's simply called You're Full of It. <laughs> well, if you can tell by now, I love having a little bit of a play on words. But I really have discovered that joy is not just a one-and-done moment for us. It's, it's a continual um, experience that we're supposed to engage with. And when I say this, I really, I talk about it. it. It's not like going to a gas station and we need to fill up with joy, right? If we're going to put joy in us, then we're going to fill up and then we're going to get down to empty. I really feel it's possible to not just be full of it, but to overflow. Um, the more that you allow those spaces in your life to have negativity gone and those voices that you don't allow to speak to yourself with comparison or shame or regret the more you discover that within you becomes a fountain of joy. It's not necessarily feeling like you have to get joy outside of you and put it in. It becomes part of who you are. And I want people to know that that's possible. And so that's the final word that I leave them with. And to let them know it's very, very, very attainable to be full of it. What do you hope people will take away from reading Laugh It Up, Candace? More than my days here on this earth, I hope this starts a conversation that is long overdue for the world that we're in right now. I think cynicism is growing weary and heavy on everybody. And listen, I'm all about being skeptical. I think skepticism is great. I think you should have an eye that says, I need to know if this is true or not. But what I, what I can't continue to see happening in my kids' generation and the generation following is a cynicism that says that we don't have any hope and this is as good as going to get and everything's awful. And you know what? Somebody needs to stand up and say we need joy once again. And not only that, we need hope. And we need to remember that life is, is good and it's meant to be enjoyed. Where do people uh, reach out and contact you? Oh, well, I got a fancy website now. So Good. <laughs> they can reach me at Candace Payne, C-A-N-D-A-C-E-P-A-Y-N-E dot me. And you can find everything that you, you want to find there. You can watch the original Chewbacca Mom video and find out everything about the book that I've written and the companion study guide that I have for it as well. Before you run, Candace, explain again to us what is defiant joy? How do you describe that? Well, it's not the kind of defiance that you would, you know, rectify for a school kid that's misbehaving. It's defying the natural order of things. When we defy gravity, we're in an airplane, and we're taking off, and we're soaring. What I've discovered is joy is very, very much so like that. Nobody is immune from life and heartache and sorrow and suffering. But what we can do is we can defy whatever life throws at us by living a life full of joy, and we can choose joy every single day. We can defy the odds, and we can have a better life. Candace, you are very big on simple joys. Can you uh, explain that again to us? Uh, well, they're so great. I don't, know, I, I don't know if people understand the value of cherishing, if that makes sense. You know, um, I feel like we're so quick to pass things by that are very, very intentionally beautiful, that are God-made, that are man-made, that are things that we can just pause and cherish. You know, anytime that my child wants a snuggle with me, there's nothing more important on my plate than that moment right then. And I cherish it. And it is a simple joy that I hold in my heart. And it's a memory that I make. And I wonder if people could just lift their eyes up 
and enjoy and embrace the small things so that they can know, ah, this is, this is good. This is a good day. This is a good moment. Because I really do believe that simple joys ultimately lead to extravagant joy. What is a good word from you, Candace, uh, to those of us uh, and all of us who are going through turbulent times? Hmm. And boy, uh, 2017 has been a year of turbulent times. Uh, how, how do we find joy in, in those times? Well, I think there are two things specifically that always lead to joy. Um, and the first is, is basically hope. Uh, I said it earlier, you can, you can be in hopeless circumstances, but not be hopeless internally. I feel like somebody that has hope can always have joy. And vice versa, the person that doesn't have a stitch of hope, you're probably not going to find joy. <laughs> you're probably not going to be living a joyful life. Um, it's always good to know that today may be your worst day, but it doesn't have to be your last day. Um, and, and not only hope, but gratitude. Listen, a life that says I'm thankful for no matter what comes my way, I'm thankful for the small things that I still have, um, that kind of life can really usher in joy as well. And so gratitude and hope are the biggest things I can see right now. If you're in the middle of something that's trauma or that's unexpected or that's threatening your health or maybe you've experienced grief and sincere loss, my, my condolences to you. But can I just give you a little bit of, of um, love and care and comfort, as I say. Get your hopes up and don't forget that, that be a little bit grateful that you you are trusted to be able to walk through this. Candace, one more time, uh, how do people get in touch with you? How do they connect with you online? You can find me at CandacePayne.me, and everything that you would need to find is there. Well, thanks a million. A wonderful chat uh, with you, Candace. Laugh it up, the name of her book, and uh, I'm so glad that we could visit, Candace. Thanks a million. Thank you. It's been great. Uh, Candace Payne, author of Laugh It Up. Uh, We've got a wrap-up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Hi, everyone. Pete Pacacci, morning host here on 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word. And our Merry Mission Christmas is underway here in Orlando with the 12 Days of Christmas Radiothon to benefit the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. Whether it's a loss of work, unstoppable medical bills, a foreclosure, or eviction, some Central Floridians find themselves homeless, men, women, families, and not by choice. So our mission is to feed, temporarily house, and give the homeless a hand up, and we need your help. Your gift of just $45 will feed a homeless person three meals a day for the 12 Days of Christmas. That's just $3.70. 75 cents per day. Only $179 will feed a family of four, and that's less than $6 a day. Make your donation in the name of your children or grandchildren. Make a difference right here, right now. And make it a merry mission Christmas. Help the homeless with the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. Call now, 888-234-8800. That's 888-234-8800. Go to MerryMissionChristmas.com. That's MerryMissionChristmas.com. Or if you'd like, you can text OURM to 41444. And guess what? Now you can visit Thompson Jewelers in Orlando and St. Cloud before December 17th and tell them you listen to the word and Thompson Jewelers will donate 10% of your purchase to the Merry Mission Christmas Radiothon. Wow, that's incredible. Make it a Merry Mission Christmas this year. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Once again, folks, we're so glad that you joined us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, Jerusha Clark joined us in the first half hour uh, talking about her book, Every Piece of Me. And then uh, from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Candace Payne plugged in, and uh, we talked about her book, Laugh It Up. Uh, please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, uh, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And I've got a new book out. It's called Leading God's Way. Uh, go up on Amazon and check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. We... Uh, Take a look at some of the great leaders in the Bible and uh, expand on their leadership talents and their uh, leadership successes. 
and uh, it applies to to us today. So I hope you enjoy that book. In the meantime, have a wonderful week ahead. We're back next weekend for more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. This is 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at the same time where faith comes by hearing. 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.